All right, welcome in. This is the last regular season edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I'm AJ Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are we? Uh, we've made it through the uh, tornado watch so far, uh, <laughs> hoping that we don't lose power in the middle of this podcast, but you know, it wouldn't be the first time, I guess. Oh boy, what a place you're living in. Uh, Why do I live here? I don't know. Uh, but the good news is, Griffin, it's March. Hell yeah. We've made it to March. So let's uh, let's do what we do and dig into these games and uh, get, give our takes on the, the last few big games of the regular season. Like we said, we'll come out with a uh, on Tuesday. We're gonna have a a little preview of the big conference tournaments, and um, you know, give you as much content as we can leading up to the tournament. So let's get into it. We will do our normal format: the four big games of the week or the weekend, I suppose. Then we'll uh, we'll do a little business, and then we'll do some best bets, of which we had another one in one week. Um, so keeping our heads above water there, not listen two one and ones after, uh, you know, a, a handful of straight two and O's, not a, not a bad way to go. So let's jump into this thing and we will start. Hmm. Let's start in the sec. Let's start with Tennessee at Auburn. We'll go Tennessee minus two and a half here. And this is. Auburn put themselves in a really bad situation last night. Uh, they had a big lead over Alabama, looked like they were going to cruise to a win, and absolutely barfed the whole thing away, went to overtime, and you knew what was going to happen in overtime. Auburn loses by five, and now they are in desperation mode. Uh, it felt like they really could have used that Alabama win. That That, that probably would have locked them in. I guess this is Tennessee would, I mean, Tennessee's third in net. So they're right behind Alabama in net. So this would still be a, a huge win, a Q1 win, even though it is at home for Auburn uh, in a game that Auburn needs to get an at-large bid. Do you think they get the job done against Tennessee, who I guess we should also mention will be without Zakai Ziegler going forward, torn ACL for him. So uh, Tennessee having to rebuild their offense a little bit. Uh, I think more than a little bit. Um, I watched both those games. Uh, Zakai Ziegler going down early, yet Tennessee still kind of mopped the floor with with Arkansas. I think as we've talked about, Arkansas just didn't have a lot of options because uh, they can't shoot threes, and Tennessee's not going to let you score inside. Um, I do think that Tennessee's going to have some trouble away from home without their point guard now. Uh, Rick Barnes talked about it either at halftime or maybe after the game in to the two interviews he did, saying – like we're going to have to have guys that play different ways that haven't done what they're going to be asked to do. And that's a big deal. Um, and I don't love that going into a really, really tough place to play on the planes. Um, I don't know necessarily that I think Tennessee has a good shot to win this game uh, or I'm not, I'm not sure I would have liked their chances beforehand. I mean, of course they're a great team three in the net, as you said, uh, and Auburn's coming off a blowout loss at Kentucky than a very tough emotional rivalry game loss where they could have denied Alabama, their biggest rival, most hated rival, the SEC championship outright. They weren't able to do that. And then the amount of like, Hey, Auburn's like chance that we're going on right at the end. I mean, I, I felt like I wanted to fight everybody and I wasn't even there. <laughs> um, 
tough spot, but I think Auburn, I mean, of all things you can doubt about Bruce Pearl, I don't think you can doubt that his team is full of fighters. Um, and I really like that side, like a lot, a lot, I gotta say, going, going to this one, even though I don't love fading Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Pearl was not happy with the way that that game was officiated. <laughs> uh, if you, I don't know if you got to hear his radio interview, I didn't, uh, but he was screaming about how we're getting mauled down there and then eventually threw his headset. Uh, so yeah, this all boils down to how much fight do you think Auburn has left in them? I tend to agree with you. They are a team that fights, uh, but there's a reason that they're in this desperate situation. They have basically stunk for the last month and a half. Um, it, if you remember the game at Tennessee, it was a 46 to 43 final, which this is like the epitome of tennessee games like if i said the tennessee game was 46 to 43 you'd have a hard time guessing if they won or lost because that's like tennessee's not guaranteed to score 46 points any given night but it it makes sense that they'd hold a team to 43 uh they they struggled to produce offense in that game which they tend to do often they were two of 21 from three auburn was three of 27 from three so nobody had a shot going in hard to imagine it's going to be that ugly the second time around but if anybody's going to have better shooting luck in the second game i i would lean towards the home team uh i am not looking to to fade tennessee right now uh i think that they they went through their swoon and they it feels like they kind of came out of it against Arkansas. Uh, that was a dominant performance against the pigs on Tuesday. I think it was. Yep. Um, and looking back in hindsight, since the wind, Alabama, th- those losses at Kentucky and a and I don't think either one of them is a bad loss. You know, when you, when you think about Kentucky, like at the time, Kentucky was a bubble team. It, I mean, Kentucky's safely in. Kentucky's they're they're better than what they were thought to be two or three weeks ago. A uh, and M was was beating literally everyone at that time. So losing to them by four or five at home doesn't feel like the end of the world. Uh, it, it the only team I would look to back here is Auburn. It'll probably end up being a pass. Uh, although Tennessee is going to grime this up more than ever if the total is. You know, we're Ken Palm has it at 66 63. If there's a 129 total on this, I'd look at an under given, especially the first game was 89 points. Uh, but also, I think Tennessee, without their point guard, is going to struggle to create offense, and they know they're going to have to muck it up on both ends to have a chance here. So, uh, that would be my look at this game. Can't imagine we'll see a total that high. Um, granted, everything it seems to be at least in the open market is dictated by the Ken Palm number. Um, I feel like after a 46-43, there'll be a lot of under money uh, at that 129. All right, let's look at Kansas and Texas. And this is, we're going to project Texas at home. I'm going to project two and a half. Um, You said maybe three. I was thinking more two. I'm going to split the difference because I I, I think that's more likely than two. Uh, Texas, though, off back-to-back road losses actually they, i mean it feels like they haven't won a road game in a good while i guess it's since that that game at kansas state uh but four straight road losses 
However, they continue to take care of business at home. Only one loss at home all season. That sort of head-scratcher against Kansas State has proven to be one of the best teams in the country. One of the, the, the like, they're a no-doubter top one, a number one seed. They are, if not the team to beat in college basketball right now. They have secured the Big 12 title. Uh, do they at least a share? Do they hold off Texas for the other share here? Uh, I think they've clinched it outright. Is that not? Oh yeah, I guess Texas is lost. Man, they did clinch it outright. Yeah, yeah you're right. So yeah. So do, in that case, does Texas or does Kansas have a little bit of a a letdown spot here, given that they've already clinched the regular season title? All they've got to look forward to is winning the the tournament. I mean, it's funny because I don't know that I'm as big of a believer in letdown spots, but I do feel like the uh, preparation for this game might not be on the same level as if they were trying to deny and to, to actually win it outright. Um, I think now they feel comfortable, happy. Maybe that results in a little bit more of a free-flowing offense and a little bit less concern when you get off to a slow start at the Moody Center or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but I do think that's a good thing for Texas. Uh, I still think my alma mater really struggles to create offense and – um, I thought the first game in Lawrence was pretty close, um, though a lot of that was Marcus Carr. I feel like scoring a bunch of points at the end, kind of going unconscious microwave mode. Uh, but I got to say, Texas is an underdog, uh, an incredible cover against TCU last night. I don't think they were inside the number for more than like two possessions the entire night, essentially. Um, but I think. Texas continues to play really well at home. Uh, I think it's a big advantage for them um, because they can't really shoot on the road. Um, thank you for bringing up the K-State loss. That was uh, our, our victory. <laughs> that was the last time they won on the road. I think that was the last time I faded them on the road, of course. Um, but I think from where I sit with this Texas team, um, they're going to be able to be physical with teams that aren't going to be able to handle it um, in a lot of games, especially even down the stretch in the postseason. Uh, I do think KU is prepared for that. Uh, I also think KU it doesn't really seem to have uh, much of a, a half-court offense, but they get on transition better than almost anyone I've seen ever since maybe the Tom Izzo years when he just started to have his Spartans just push every time they got the ball. I feel like that is Bill Self's offense this year. And then in the half-court, it's Grady Dick three-point shots. So Texas is going to have to outscore KU. Um, unfortunately in the past, especially when I've been attending those games, there's always a huge Kansas contingent, probably at every stadium, but I guess there's a lot of Jayhawks in Austin or they make the trip or believe it or not, Austin might be a little bit nicer than, uh, Lawrence this time of year or any time of year. Um, and so I feel like there's probably going to be a little bit of a tough thing to overcome there, but I think it's Texas or nothing for me. Uh, I'll be in the same boat. You just mentioned, uh, Kansas, their offense has to be in transition. Texas limits that pretty well. And in the first game, especially, and this is why, you know, it's it's it, it, Texas. I mean, it's not hard to believe that Texas lost this game uh, at, at Kansas. But what they did do in that game that was able to keep the game close was they really took away Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson, that was one of his worst games of the year. He had a 35-0 rating in that game. Two points on uh, one of seven shooting three turnovers, just an overall bad night for Jalen Wilson. If they can limit him again, I, I think a win is certainly possible. Uh, Texas is, uh, you mentioned, you know, uh, the the shot that got him the cover last night, and that came from Sir Jabari Rice, who's really kind of 
settled into a, a, a more key role than he had early in the season and is really a factor for this team offensively. So I like I like the way Texas is running right now, uh, even though the, despite losing two games in a row, I do think at home uh, it would be horns or pass for me. All right, let's move to the Pac-12. Arizona. They, they play basketball out there, do they? Jeez. They do, it's it's the, the Conference of Champions. Right, what are you talking right. about? High in the Rockies. How dare you? Yeah, uh, Arizona. We are project now Arizona and and, uh, and UCLA both have games tonight against Arizona State and uh, USC. Um, so we'll see how how those end up and how if that affects the line anyway. You never know. So this is a, a bigger projection than usual. But we're going to go with UCLA minus six here. Um, Arizona. Last time we saw them, they they got gutted on a a over half court shot from Arizona state that gave Arizona state the outright win on their home floor. And I imagine Arizona's not happy right now. <laughs> that said, there's a reason why Arizona state was close enough to take a half court shot to beat you. And Arizona did not play well in that game. What are your thoughts about how the wildcats are running right now? And how do you think they match up against this UCLA team? Um, my feelings on Arizona is that they are one of the best teams out there, but then they have some really head scratching losses. Um, the home loss to Washington state, the loss at Utah, uh, blowout loss at Oregon, uh, at Stanford, 10 point, nine point loss. The, I mean, hard to really, I mean, if, if you're up two points with three seconds left and you're giving up a half court shot, I feel like you feel like you'll probably win that game more times than not. Um, but usually the problem for Arizona is they can't shoot, and that's why they lose. Um, they shot pretty well against Arizona State. Arizona State's not exactly known, I think, for their half-court defense, or, or I think they're more of a turnover-forcing defense than a, uh, a, a missed-shot-forcing defense. And um, I got to say, I feel like Arizona's probably in, in good shape to put out a good effort tonight at USC, but USC is also fighting for a tournament berth. Uh, I think we were talking about last night and it's like one of those things where I feel like that's a really tough stretch for them to go uh, against a, a bid hungry team. That seems to, I always seem to find myself back in USC. So um, like last year, the entire time with the future on them to win the whole thing that I honestly felt good about until they ran into Miami um, in, in the tournament. And I got to say, I feel good about USC tonight. Um, I think Arizona is going to be really tested. And let's not forget that when UCLA went to Arizona in January, um, Arizona was kind of a bit of a surprising small favorite at home. I think a lot of people had projected UCLA being a road favorite there, um, which to me didn't make a lot of sense. And I did back Arizona that day. And it was not a comfortable win, but a win nonetheless. Um, I think US, excuse me, UCLA is a better team than Arizona. Um, I think that Arizona just wants to outscore you. I think they can do that against most of the, the nation, except when they don't shoot well. Um, I think UCLA is going to prevent their shooting uh, from, from being anything close to well. Uh, and I got to say, I, I think a big number on Arizona looks nice a lot of places, but Pauly Pavilion seems to actually have some students that go to games now. People seem to care. Uh, they get celebrities now like they're the Dodgers. I don't know that it, I, I really want to mess with Arizona here because I feel like they've shown too many problems or holes uh, that I think UCLA can exploit. I tend to agree with you there. And I like Arizona 
And the reason why I like Arizona matched up against USC is because Arizona's strength is their bigs. And they're, you know, in the front court, I would say they're as good, if not better, than anybody in the country with Tabellas and Balo. The problem is there's nobody on the outside you can trust. Creasa is certainly not trustworthy. Uh, Courtney Ramey, uh, Texas transfer, is very hot and cold. Not a guy you can count on night in, night out. So who's going to make shots for them is always tough. That that probably, I, I don't know, It maybe that that's not a problem. Maybe it's not a problem against UCLA. I, I think it will be, though. Uh the the number just feels like it's high though. I I understand Arizona's not what we thought they were at the beginning of the season. Um, that they, they, they you know it's not just a plug in place. They lost a bunch of NBA talent, and it, you know it's starting to catch up with them. But UCLA is also playing a lot better right now. Tiger Campbell, who had like I don't know seven straight games where he scored single digits. Suddenly, the last couple games on that that mountain road trip, he turned back into a a, a dominant player. Um, I don't totally trust Arizona right now, and like you said, UCLA their their home court advantage this season in particular has been very strong. They, they haven't lost a home game all season, uh, but it, when we're getting six six and a half, you don't have to lose. Uh, all you got to do is let Arizona hang around. I think Arizona does hang around here, despite the fact that. Uh, UCLA is, I guess they have something to play for too, because UCLA is in the conversation for a number one seed. So I'm sure that they're going to be looking to, uh, to, to put a stamp on this season and make sure the committee recognizes what they've done. Uh, in fact, if, if you remember, it was maybe a week ago, Mick Cronin was, was complaining about, uh, the, the projected, the projection of UCLA on the two line. So, uh, I, I do think they're motivated and they've, you know, they've won eight games in a row. They, they are on, on a nice little tear here. So uh, I like the points with Arizona. I'm just not rushing to, to fade UCLA right now. Yeah. I don't blame you. Um, I really hope that UCLA is under the radar entering the NCAA tournament, an early loss in the PAC 12 tournament to someone like Utah or someone that you wouldn't expect would be really great. Cause I, I think that they are a great tournament team. And I think they could have won the tournament last year. If Caleb love didn't start drooling and making threes at the end. <laughs> All right, let's look at Houston and Memphis Houston at, on the road at Memphis. We'll go with Houston minus seven for our projected line here. Uh, Houston is terrifying to bet against, period. This is probably the toughest spot for them on the entire, you know, the entire schedule. Uh, it's hard to imagine one be, being tougher. The the road game against the, the I guess, the, is, are they certainly the second best team in that conference? I kind of think so. But either way, there's no, um, there's no way you can feel like this is going to be every other blowout game for Houston. They beat Memphis by eight at home. So Memphis showed some fight there. Do you think the Tigers fight once again here? I think they fight. Uh, Memphis has shown that they have uh, kind of some ownage on Houston. I mean, I guess you wouldn't count the loss this year ownage, but I think that's three straight. They'd won. I think they swept the season series last season and then covered the spread this time because I think they were 13 or 14 point dogs when Kendrick Davis was an announced out with an ankle injury. Um, so if you've been back in Memphis against Houston, they've been covering the spread and 
even cashing some money line tickets for you in the last three meetings. Um, I think seeing Kendrick Davis back and scoring 22 points the other night against Cincinnati uh, is a great sign. Um, I think this is a really tough game for Houston. It has been. Um, I don't know that necessarily we were talking about the the biggest teams that are the kind of the favorites to win the national championship. And Houston seems to be one of those that has the fewest flaws, but I think they do the flaws that they have are just not having a very flashy offense, a, an offense that relies a lot on offensive rebounding um, and conversely winning the defensive class. And I think Memphis is one of those teams that are long athletic, very deep, and they can cause some problems for, for Houston there. So I actually don't know that I felt like I was going to speak so highly of Memphis coming into this when we started to talk about it, but um, certainly lean to Houston, excuse me, to Memphis based on um, the kind of pseudo dominance in the series in the last couple of seasons, because Houston's been an awesome team and Memphis has been um, so, so I think a talented one that has a questionable coach, questionable uh, recruiting stuff off the court and all that sort of stuff. But um, a healthy Kendrick Davis, seeing them cover was a pretty tough game at Houston, which I don't think was as close to that final score of an eight point loss really suggested. It seemed to be from what I watched, it was kind of a lot more lopsided that than that. But uh, I got to say, I like Memphis making this really tough on Houston. Houston hasn't had a ton of tight games uh, or at least games that should have been tight based on their schedule since um, the AAC has been so weak. I think really their home game against Alabama or their road trip to Virginia were the only tougher matchups for them this season. They split those and losing the, the game at home. So I like Memphis. I think the crowd's going to be huge, and uh, that's why I lean. The th- here's the scary thing about Houston, and I think today is a, a really good example. Uh, Houston was two points up on Wichita State at halftime today, there was a 33-31 first half, and it seemed maybe, I don't want to say shocking that that Wichita was hanging with them, but I'll say it was, it was surprising, certainly, especially given that Wichita's leading scorer, uh, Jaquan Walton, was sick, not playing. So, okay, makes sense. They're struggling a little bit. Then you look up at the end of the game, 83-66 Houston. They they blow them out, uh, and that's what they're capable of. Like they they don't give you second opportunities. They they don't turn the ball over. They are probably I would say they're probably the most terrifying team for me to fade. Even like when you you see these numbers are like oh minus seventeen or whatever. It's like man, I I just don't like numbers that I'm normally like aching to grab onto. Uh, especially against a, a, a mid-major team, but you just can't do it. This is not a mid-major team. This is a a force. And I'm with you. Kendrick Davis is has looked like the real deal since he's come back. Maybe he makes a difference. Uh, and if there's if like I said, if there's any team in this conference that can give them a push, it would be Memphis. And I, I guess I've I've kind of said this about most of the games we've talked about. I, I like Memphis at this number. But I'm certainly not running to the window to to bet hard earned American currency against the Houston Cougars right now because they just they seem like they are so locked in. They are on an absolute mission right now. I, I mean, I don't blame you, but I feel I feel like this is gonna be a tough spot. Haven't had a lot of uh, attractive home dogs in a while. I've been been kind of itching for one. And I feel like this is this is maybe a home cat, if you will. Um because the tiger, I think, is technically in the cat family, right? Right. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the tigers in this one, and I think I'm gonna play it. 
Okay. Uh, all right. Let's take care of some business before we jump into best bets. Let's do it. Uh, use promo code TOP20, T-O-P-20, for 20% off for all listeners of this college basketball podcast. Good for seven days from the podcast release. So good until March 10th. But we got a lot of action coming through. I got a ton of soccer this weekend, uh, next week as well. AJM, do you have any UFC stuff this weekend? Yeah, one of the bigger cards of the year, UFC 285 this weekend. So uh, the return of John Jones, that card is up on pregame right now. John Bones Jones. You never know if he's fighting until uh, he's in the ring. But uh, that's and there there is my UFC trivia information <laughs> for uh, the year. But yeah, get in there. UFC 285. You can follow a bunch of other picks from a lot of our other great handicappers on the premium.com website. Use promo code top 20 T.O.P. 20 uh, and get 20 percent off for anything on the site. You can package some things in there. I think we have March Madness specials out there as well. Get all our picks. Not really sure how to put a bracket in there, but I probably will do uh, a first first release or something like that in case you guys want to follow me along in uh, some office pools or tell me where I'm wrong. That'd probably be more helpful than anything, um, but definitely plan to do some more of that this year. Top 20, T.O.P. 20. And uh, AJ, since you've been carrying our best bets lately, do you want to you want to lead off? Yeah, I'll kick it off and I'm going to go to a conference tournament, uh, the Colonial not a league I spend a lot of time in, but I did have a, a team circled that I wanted to back here, and I like the matchup that they got. I'm going to go with the Delaware Blue Hens, who won this tournament a year ago and are highly, highly unlikely to do it again with uh, Charleston and Hofstra kind of taking over this league. But what Delaware does still have is a dominant scorer in Jameer Nelson Jr., a guy who can take over a game. And in any kind of tournament setting, those are the teams that I'm looking I'm looking at. And, you know, this isn't a great Delaware team by any stretch, although they have lost four or they have won four of their last five. Uh, they split the regular season with Northeastern. The game that they won, Jameer Nelson had 21 points. The game that they lost, 59-58, Jameer Nelson did not play. That was a stretch of the season when he was out with an injury. Uh, I think that he is obviously, I mean, he's the highest scoring player in this conference. He matters quite a bit. I think this is an opportunity for him to go nuclear and Northeastern. I'm going to project Delaware as a four-point favorite. So uh, I'm going to go the Blue Hens. Minus four on the shoulders of Jameer Nelson Jr., Delaware over Northeastern in the first round of the Colonial. I mean, he's got some pretty good pedigree. Uh, same same guy that uh, his father took St. Joe's, I think, to a one seed way back when. Probably the uh, the best time Phil Martelli ever had until he no was doubt. an assistant coach to Juwan Howard and got to basically coach the end of a season because Juwan Howard got suspended for all of it for slapping another coach, I want to say. Um, anyway. Um, I'm actually going to pull an okie doke here, AJ. Uh, I, f- I felt really good about our first game on our list today. So I'm going to come back and I'll I'll give you Auburn plus two and a half. Home dog to Tennessee, who I think is going to have a lot of trouble balancing a new offense without Zakai Ziegler. I think they're going to have real trouble when Santiago Vescovi moves off the ball and has to now create his own offense, plus start the offense for the Vols. Plus, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble with um, just the speed and lack of pace that Vescovi, the Uruguayan, has compared to uh, what Zakai Ziegler really does. Gets on the break, scores easy buckets, and I think it's going to be a problem for Tennessee's offense this week and this weekend. I think on the plane Auburn know they need a win to confirm they're in the tournament. I think they're going to have 
have a good chance to get one here. Um, I also feel like Auburn doesn't really shoot well. They shot great at Alabama, but still lost in overtime, blowing a 17-point lead. I think that sticks in the craw quite a bit. I think, as we said earlier, Bruce Pearl's teams will always fight maybe a little too much, probably a technical is coming at some point, which I will not enjoy, but I'm going to take the two and a half that you're projecting. I'll play Auburn really up to minus three. Uh, I'm hoping they'll close an underdog here, but I'm into it really up to minus three. And I think Auburn win this game. All right, there you go. A couple best bets to wrap up the show uh, and to wrap up our regular season. So Sunday we'll talk, uh, we'll be back our normal time on Sunday night into Monday morning selection sunday will have or not selection sunday well that'll be next week but we'll know where all the uh all the teams are seated by sunday so we'll be able to discuss some of the uh the conference tournaments we'll do, get into some futures a little bit and then we'll do a show on tuesday with some of the games that are sort of set that we can dig into so lots of coverage coming up from griffin and myself here right here on uh, rj bell's dream preview wherever you get your podcast so uh thank you for listening thanks to griffin and uh best of luck to you guys this weekend with the final regular season weekend we'll talk to you on sunday night it's almost here baby we're almost here <laughs>